You're listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Keep Going Podcast. We're in a series called A Walk Through the Proverbs. Just a note, I use the New Living Translation as my primary text because it's readable. And I don't approach these podcasts as a scholar, but as a lover of the Word who wants to share simple spiritual observations from my own daily Bible reading. Let's review the last episode in two points. Number one. There is no amount of, type of, or context for pornography that is safe. And number two, there is no amount of, type of, or context for pornography that is safe. A friend of mine recently told me that he enjoys the opening of my podcast each week because he likes being reminded how important it is to be a lover of the word. He said if a man died and left behind a stack of letters about his life, The person I would want most to explain his letters to me is someone who is in love with him, not a grammarian or his teacher. That was a good reminder to me as well, never to get caught up in being a teacher in these podcasts. I just want to stay a lover, that's all. The Holy Spirit is a teacher, and he connects his word to each listener in a different way. I am delighted in this season that we are getting to read larger chunks of scripture together. That is where the real teaching, and as a result, the real change lies. Proverbs 6 My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt, or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride, go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off, do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, They labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars signaling their deceit with the wink of an eye, the nudge of a foot, or a wiggle of the fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken in an instant, beyond all hope of healing. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, 
and a person who sows discord in a family. Pause. Isn't it interesting that God hates these seven things, five of which are parts of the body? Haughty or proud eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, and then we have a false witness who pours out lies and a person who sows discord in a family. Think of the ways that these are all about the church. Paul writes that we are all part of one body, Christ's body. And I think when we do things like being haughty and proud, when we lie and kill the innocent, which we all know means hatred, because Jesus said if you hate someone in your heart, you may as well have committed murder. People in the church don't kill each other usually, but they have been known to hate each other, which is just as bad. But the kicker to me is that God detests when someone sows discord in a family. This goes for any family. We have to be so careful not to triangulate, which is a psychology term that means person A talks about person B to person C instead of just going straight to them with the issue. This happens in families all the time, especially in the family of God. It sows discord, and the Lord detests it. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. It will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. Can a man scoop a flame into his lap? and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving, but if he is caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole, even if he has to sell everything in his house. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's jealous husband will be furious, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation, nor be satisfied with a payoff of any size. There is a difference between discipline, punishment, and consequences. I have mostly heard these words used interchangeably, but I think there's a strong distinction. And when I talk to children, I try to make sure that they understand that there is, indeed, a different definition for each. Discipline is positive. Punishment is negative. Consequences are neutral. Let me explain. Discipline is positive because it is administered by someone who values you or has your best interest in mind. 
a good parent, as well as a good teacher, as well as a good boss, as well as a good God, will discipline you. The idea is to correct your behavior in order to bless your future. Discipline gives you a chance to choose a better path. An example of discipline would be if someone posted something derogatory about the company on social media and was later fired. A decision was made by someone in authority. Hopefully this decision was made not only to protect the company, but also because the boss and probably God want this person to change his behavior in his next employment opportunity. However, punishment is negative because it is administered by someone who values society or has the world's best interest in mind, not yours. A governing entity, such as law enforcement, will punish you. The idea is to completely stop your behavior and it cuts off your future. It does not give you a chance to choose a better path. In fact, it removes the path. Punishment comes when discipline has not been heeded. There are very few cases in which punishment is enacted. An example of punishment would be if someone committed a crime and received lifetime imprisonment or capital punishment. A decision was made by someone in authority. There is no turning back after punishment. Jesus took our eternal punishment, and for that I forever praise. Now, consequences are neutral because they happen as a natural result of an action and do not have anything to do with your value or lack of value in anyone's eyes. The principles set into motion in the earth bring about consequences. An example of consequences would be if someone gambles and loses all of his life savings. A decision was not made by anyone about this. It is pointless to ask, is God disciplining me or punishing me and that's why I've lost everything? No, losing everything is the natural result of gambling. Or, let's make this a little easier for all of us to relate to. If you mistreat your friends, you will find yourself without any friends. This is not a discipline or a punishment. It is a natural consequence. I make the distinction here because in Proverbs, Solomon talks a lot about consequences because he is wise and wants us to avoid them. But at times, it seems in talking about consequences that he's talking about punishment for which there is no reverse. For instance, he is letting us know that the consequence of sleeping with another man's wife is that the man might become so jealous he will get revenge. He writes, The adulterer's shame will never be erased. But we have to keep in mind that these things are what happened when someone does not turn to Jesus in complete repentance. Solomon presents these results as punishment, yes, meaning that there is no turning back, but the moment someone repents and turns to Jesus sincerely, punishment becomes discipline, and there is a chance to choose a better path. There may be, please keep in mind, a few consequences as a result of adultery that will not reverse even after repentance. I have more than one friend whose husband committed adultery that resulted in the birth of a child. Those marriages are still intact and are restored to health after the husband's repentance. The wives now offer complete forgiveness and grace and embrace the child as part of the family, which is really only possible because they understand 
that a child is never a punishment or a discipline, but conceiving a child is a natural consequence. As we continue through Proverbs, be sure to listen to Solomon's warnings only as consequences. You have not entered into punishment. You can still live in blessing if you choose a better path. Turn to Jesus immediately for forgiveness in repentance. Ask him what to do next in order to recover your life and then do it. Sin's not far but right in front of me Against you and you alone, God, I am guilty Today's music is from Psalm 51 by Shane and Shane and is used with permission. Have you pre-ordered my new book, Everyday Genesis? You're gonna like it. I mean, really. And now, may you be blessed coming and going. Instead of shame and dishonor, May you enjoy a double share of honor. May you possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. And may everlasting joy be yours. That's from Isaiah 61, 7. We'll talk soon. Until then, keep going. Take not your holy spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. In tears. I'm in the sea.